Hi, welcome to the Landscape Cranes Cleveland podcast. We're presented with the support of Medical Mutual. I'm your host, Dan Paletta. Glad you can join us. One of the great destinations for not only people who live in Northeast Ohio, but visitors from out of town, is the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton. That experience is going to become much, much larger with the Hall of Fame Village that's currently being constructed. Here to bring us up to date on what's going on with the Hall of Fame Village and all that it will offer is the President, Chairman, and CEO of Hall of Fame Resort and Entertainment Company, Michael Crawford. Michael, thanks for being with us today. Great. Thanks for having me. So the company is developing this Hall of Fame Village powered by Johnson Controls. $1 billion campus right around the Pro Football Hall of Fame, an office and retail building. The Constellation Center for Lexus is underway. So bring us up to down in the project. What's getting finished? What's in the works? How's, how are things going? Yeah, look, coming out of COVID and uh, making good progress now, I think it was a, a difficult year for everybody, but certainly uh, an opportunity for us. And so we uh, took the company public last July, coming up on our one-year anniversary for the Hall of Fame Resort and Entertainment Company. And as you said, a big part of what we're doing is creating a destination here around the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We started by acquiring a hotel. Uh, downtown Canton. And we've renovated that hotel. We launched it sort of as a soft opening in November of last year. Uh, Hilton Doubletree downtown here in Canton, Ohio. It's doing great. Uh, Really starting to put a lot of programming in there, a lot of different events, largest ballroom in the county. So, you know, really on the upswing and excited about that. Uh, We've progressed now on site. Phase one was complete, you know, $300 million worth of assets, a fantastic football stadium, but also performance venue in Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, hosting a lot of events there. Really, you know, you can tell people are excited about getting back into stadiums. And so Women's Football Alliance Championships and Black College Football Hall of Fame Classic, of course, two enshrinement events, the kickoff to the NFL preseason with the Cowboys and the Steelers. Uh, concerts, you know, we have our Highway 77 Music Festival. So, you know, a big part of the plan is to continue as we build assets to continue to put programming in there, exciting programming for people to come and enjoy over and over again. We've started uh, our Constellation Center for Excellence, a fantastic environment for collaboration and innovation that should open sometime late September, October of this year. But we'll have the, you know, the facade complete uh, by enshrinement. Brand new East End Zone, fan engagement area, Jumbotron, food and beverage down there. Really going to be exciting, a great experience for our fans. We've just now started uh, additional assets in our youth sports fields and complex. Uh, We host, gosh, hundreds of thousands of kids there, and they've come back in force this year. We've had lacrosse and soccer and rugby of course, football tournaments from all over the country coming here. So it's exciting to see the programming pick back up and people feel safe. And we've created an environment where they feel safe and engaged to come and enjoy. Um, We've started a lot of the infrastructure, you know, the stuff that people don't really understand that has to take place, roadway realignments, utility corridors, all of the things that allow us to build um, the remaining assets. In August, we hope to start our retail promenade um continuing with our hotel and water park it's a difficult environment you know steel is uh increased in price exponentially uh it's been delayed for several months production and ironically you know even our our giant mesh wall that we're putting on the the side of the constellation center for excellence that faces our tom benson hall of fame stadium it's on a ship and it's been on a ship but labor shortages right and that's another thing that we've, we've been facing all that to be said, I'm really pleased with the progress we're making. And so we're we're on track to continue to build through the rest of this year, opening new assets again, um, and then opening more sort of Q2 next year and continuing through 22 and on into 23. So exciting times, adding new stuff for people to enjoy. 
This is The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. More of our conversation in just a moment. But first, a word from our partner, Medical Mutual. You mentioned the East End Zone. This is a concept you're seeing in more and more stadiums. I mean, you used to go grab your hot dog and your beer or whatever and drink it or take it back to your seat. But this is a whole different thing you're seeing more and more frequently in, in big stadiums and small stadiums, too. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at even what the Indians have done out in the right field stands there, the Cavs removing seats and having a, a Bud Light fan engagement zone, it's it's really a sign of the times. You know, people love going to events, but they don't necessarily have to be locked and loaded into a seat for three hours. They like to be social uh, watching the event, but also engaging with friends. And we felt like this was a great opportunity for us to present that type of area here and, you know, really have a place for people to come and enjoy. And, and we can leverage it for other events, concerts. That's where our Highway 77 Music Fest, that will be the main area of focus down there. Giant jumbotron overhead so you can magnify what's happening on stage or whatever event or, uh, you know, festival or concert that you're hosting. So it's a great new addition to the stadium, a wonderful enhancement. Big projects require big dollars. How's financing coming for the project so far? You know, when we launched uh, publicly, it was a difficult time right in the middle of, of COVID. We were successful over the next several months in raising over $100 million in new equity. We've had our largest shareholder commit to this project like you wouldn't believe, converting debt into equity, millions of dollars, making another private investment of $15 million into the company just over the last couple of weeks. So we feel very good on the equity side. We're finishing up what I would call the remainder of our cap stack with our construction loan and some of the other public financing. And we hope to be able to talk about that in the very near term. But in the meantime, we have the equity we need to continue on with construction as I've, as I've discussed. You mentioned the pandemic, boats in the water, you can't get, to get your material off of them. How hard did it hit you in terms of business? How, how much did it affect you? I know it affected everybody, but particularly what you were trying to do with the Hall of Fame Resort. Well, I think that the, the biggest thing was, you know, launching the public company, the parent entity at that time was more difficult, right? Everybody was sort of taking a pause and trying to understand what the layout was going to be of the, the capital markets. Uh, fortunately for us, those stabilized very, very quickly, and we were able to do what we wanted to do in the middle of last summer. You know, beyond that, we were successful in pivoting our business too. We're launching our fantasy league, our Hall of Fantasy League this year. We were able to focus on media. We signed several media deals. So creating virtual environments and other storytelling opportunities became a primary focus of ours while we still, you know, proceeded forward with construction. I think, you know, what was probably the hardest for us was we were really building momentum around a lot of events. In, in 19, we hosted around 80, 80 different events out here on campus, headed for well over 120. It stopped most of those. We were successful in getting some of them back towards the end of the year. But again, now this year, you can see that coming back in full force. I always said though, you know, we were fortunate that we hadn't started construction on the majority of the assets yet. It allowed us to really rethink the plan, uh, you know, taking it in more bite-sized, digestible bites, you know, instead of a billion dollars all at the same time, another round of 300 million and then planning phase three for another round close to that type of investment as well. Impact, of course, but we were strategic in how we leveraged that time and, and pivoted to different businesses that sort of diversified our risk and allowed us to come in with different economic and revenue drivers. I'm amazed at the explosion of fantasy sports. I still can't get over how popular it is. What makes your, your the fantasy league you have is going to be different. You call it the first national fantasy league that you can have a fantasy team with a community of shared stakeholders. How's it going to work? 
Yeah, I, I think it's very simply put, you know, for people like myself that get kind of intimidated by fantasy, having to draft your own team and stay involved with watching your players and making sure that you, you know, you make the right trades and stay competitive. People love to be a part of social environments, right? And it's the same when you go to watch the Browns play. You like being in stands with like-minded fans and cheering for a team. That's what this is. It's a franchise model. We'll have front offices. We'll have a commissioner of the league. Uh, we'll probably be announcing those things over the next several weeks. Uh, so exciting to do that, you know, have those types of activations. But it really is team-based. And so you've seen the teams. We have 10 different franchise cities. Uh, those franchises will play each other virtually every week over a 13-week season. There will be a playoffs. There will be a championship. And fans can engage with the front offices, offering up, you know, their thoughts on on draft, offering up their thoughts on trades. But in the meantime, they get to be social with one another. And, you know, we have a saying, you can become the, the chief trash talking officer, right? You can <laughs> and uh, be excited about your team and cheer for it. But more importantly, you can back a team. You can stake a team. Uh, we did a deal with Stake Kings, which was really exciting. We saw a lot of uh, staking already. We had three teams uh, stake out, not in the literal sense, but you know they exceeded the staking limits uh, three times over the first couple of weeks. So we closed staking for one of them. We're letting the other teams sort of ramp up as well. We launched an online merchandise store. If you got teams, you can have fun logos and names and gear. People are buying that. And then you know, lastly, as we think about sports betting, right? If teams can play each other, there can be bets placed on those games. And so we're excited about the potential for that in Ohio as well. But, you know, really good things happening in the fantasy space, as you point out. And I think we have found some white space where fans will be engaged and yet really a different experience. By the way, it doesn't mean they can't participate in their own fantasy league with their buddies or their family. This is just a whole new experience. Certainly the conversations come up over and over. I know you've talked about it, the legalizing sports betting in Ohio. If and when does it happen, if it ever happens, how will that affect what's going to happen for you guys at the uh, Hall of Fame Village? Well, look, for us, sports betting, we made no secret that it was a priority for us because one of the things we know, uh, fans like to place wagers. And as it becomes legalized in more states now, right, it can be football or any other sport. For our particular uh, area, we, we focus on football. But having a facility on site where fans could be entertained, immersed in the game, and at the same time place a bet, we think would be you know, absolutely the right thing to do for our for our company and for our, our guests and our fans. Uh, you know, our fantasy league, as I pointed out, having that on a, a betting platform, we think would be a wonderful fan engagement opportunity for people participating in the league or, or people that would just like to make a, a bet on the games as they get played. So you know, we're excited about where sports betting could go in Ohio. I think it is uh, it's no longer this thing that people you know, view as a as an ugly part of sports. It really is a way in which fans engage and enhance. And with technology advancements, you know, you can place bets mobily from anywhere you're at now. You can see uh, the, the odds of the games and the, the different um, levels of information that are accessible to fans to understand as they place a bet. So all we can really do is keep track of, and we do, uh, where the, the laws are heading in Ohio. Uh, you know, we work with consultants, we work with um, legislators to, to best understand how to position in the context of what may happen here, uh, a potential partnership for us. And so we've talked to a lot of companies. Um, 
you know, I think what we're doing here is pretty cool. Uh, there's been some expression of interest from those different companies, but we haven't, you know, we haven't finalized anything yet. We want to make sure that we maximize the opportunity and, and understand where the law potentially goes. I'm, I'm being told that, you know, it's progressing and uh, we look forward to, you know, having some opportunity here for our fans to have fun and engage with. It's interesting. Even the NFL, who certainly held any kind of gambling at arm's length, seems to have embraced or at least acknowledged that this is part of the fun for a lot of people. You know, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. And I think that's right. This this concept of micro betting, um, you know, where people can we were at the Super Bowl a couple of years ago and, and one of the telecom companies was showing us how, you know, you could quickly through technology bet on the outcome of a field goal or, you know, bet on the next play. Is it a run or a pass? you know, a dollar here, five dollars there. People know their limits and up to them to be socially responsible around what they feel comfortable betting. But again, I think as a company that's sort of at the intersection of sports and entertainment, we've always said it's our responsibility to be in the spaces where guests are enjoying sports and being entertained. And so this just becomes another way in which we can you know, drive revenue and, and benefit for our shareholders as a company, but also offer a great experience for our guests and our fans. The World Chase Tag 2021 Championships are coming to Canton in August. That's the deal that you've worked out with ESPN and Tupelo Honey. First of all, for people who don't know what that sport is, could you tell us? Yeah, it's it's tag. <laughs> it's literally competitive tag. So, you know, we, we felt like, again, sports and entertainment, right? And, and potentially having some connection with Hall of Famers or the Hall of Fame and what we do here would be very interesting and entertaining. We'll launch it at Enshrinement Weekend. Um, can't talk a lot about what it's going to be, but, you know, certainly excited to sign that partnership with, with Tupelo Honey. And we think there is ways in which we can integrate our brand and our intellectual property with what they do and, and create an exciting experience. You know, there was a movie out not too long ago uh, based on a, a group of guys that had played tag their whole life. I didn't realize it was that popular, but uh, apparently it is. I did not. Yeah, I had to look this one up. I have to say I was not familiar with the sport, yeah. but do you see yourself trying to develop more of those kinds of partnerships? Yeah, for sure. And, and look, we, you know, we're working with NFL films and, and lots of other companies already in our media space. And as we, you know, continue to develop new experiences, we have access to intellectual property and brand partnerships that provide us sort of that great content opportunity to bring to a partnership, right? And I think we've been fortunate already to do a deal with Sports Illustrated and Studio 101 around uh, our NFL Alumni Developmental Academy. It'll be the second year that we have that here. Last year, we had 30 players that just didn't make an NFL team show up, be coached by previous NFL head coaches, player position coaches, Hall of Famers. Uh, 14 of those 30 went on to an NFL contract, either a practice squad or, or onto the team. Uh, we're excited about this year. And Sports Illustrated and Studio 101 came in and said, you know, this could be the next last chance you or hard knocks. Um, and so we signed a deal with them last year to produce a, a docuseries around this. And we're excited about the potential of that being uh, something that, you know, becomes new content for us to distribute and, and uh, drive revenue, but also entertain fans with. So we're really looking to expand media. We've hired a, a great team, some leaders there that had a lot of experience, um, you know, talking with the NFL, talking with the ESPN, talking with a lot of folks to see how we can complement 
what they do. We certainly aren't trying to be in competition with anyone, but we've, we more view ourselves as a, a content company that can bring, you know, sort of direct and exclusive content that we have access to, to different platforms. Well, that mix of sports and entertainment is the main, main business. Um, there are many other things that happen at, at the Hall of Fame and in the Hall of Fame Village. What are other events that take place that aren't sports related? Well, as I said, we have um, we also have festivals. You'd be surprised at how many people want to come and have business meetings in our stadium, uh, team building events. There, the more we build and the more we expand, the, the more we can diversify into different areas of opportunity. Weddings are occurring out here. You know, it's just very interesting. We have a really unique venue um, in our, in our NFL certified stadium that is world-class. I mean, the right assets, the right VIP areas, the right media areas, uh, a rooftop where you can host casual evenings and, and nights out and things of that nature. So, so we're really looking forward that developmental Academy is another example, um, to creating this balance of sport and non-sport activity for people to come out and do. The company recently announced it's getting into the non-fungible tokens business with a partnership with Dolphin Entertainment. What kind of content will be developed with that? Well, when we have access to Hall of Famers, as an example, or NFL alumni, um, you can tell their stories in a very different way. This digital collectible is something that is growing. It has had, it's been around for many years. Um, we launched with uh, Tim Brown. Uh, our partner in Dolphin has really great creative, unique creative and promotional skills that uh, they bring to the partnership. But I think, you know, if you look at in our Hall of Fame, we have archives, millions of pieces of archives that have never really seen the light of day. We could take advantage of those and create uh, digital assets that people would really be interested in collecting and owning. Uh, the same with the players and their stories, the most memorable moments from their careers. So, you know, again, exciting to think about that business. Uh, we're looking forward to continuing to progress it. You know, we launched, um, we're, we've learned a lot from that. And, and now we're looking forward to continuing to grow and enhance that business over the coming months and years. It's a long way from my Johnny United's football cards, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. The same for me, the ones that my mother threw away that she didn't think right. was <laughs> Well, finally, though, the company made a big move at the end of June. You will be a member of the Russell 3000 Index, which means automatic inclusion in the large cap Russell 1000 Index, the small cap Russell 2000 Index, as well as appropriate growth and value style indexes. What did it take to get there? What does it mean for the company to do that now? Well, there's there's a lot of criteria that they judge companies. Um, you know, you, you may recall, you may not. We went public via merger with a publicly traded SPAC, uh, Single Purpose Acquisition Corporation. Um, you had to go through the despacking process. You had to be at least a $275 million market cap. You had to be in business, you know, for, for a year. Um, and so it was quite an honor, I have to say, to meet all of the criteria. Uh, we will be part of the Russell 2000 small cap uh, fund. And again, it, what it does is it's another index that gives you access to uh, index traded funds, access to institutional investors, you know, I think they represent, you know, 20 percent of the trillions of dollars out in these uh, different indices that are traded on a regular basis. Uh, so that's a fantastic opportunity for growth for us and access to new investors, um, bringing in people that really are interested in small cap companies and investors that are a little bit longer term that like to see companies grow and, and have a part of that success. And so we're already, you know, we have enough tradable shares. We don't have to add any additional shares. There's no dilution because of that. 
we're just excited about the inclusion and how it will help our company grow and, and give us access to more funds and more investors that are interested in us as a company. So it was quite an honor to be chosen for those. Michael, we're glad you could join us today and share some information about the Hall of Fame Village. Sounds like you're off to a good start and hopefully completion around the corner. Yeah, no, thanks very much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me and a lot of work ahead, but you know, we feel good about where we're at and the progress we're making. Michael Crawford is the chairman, president, and CEO of the Hall of Fame Resort and Entertainment Company. He joined us for the Landscape, the Crane's Cleveland podcast. We thank Medical Mutual for their support. On behalf of our producer, Cody Smith, I'm Dan Paletta. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk again soon.